Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We're on episode 42, and what is that? Tyler Bozak right there? Oh my god. Next next episode is going to be Kadri. Alright, so what are we going to talk about on this episode? We're going to have to talk about the Western Conference and what teams... What team do I think is going to be the, the strongest contender coming out of there? Because someone's going to have to come out of there. Which one's going to be that? Jonathan Quick is on a revenge tour. I got to talk about that. The Bruins had a very um, disappointing loss, so I got to talk about that. And speaking of disappointing, we had some really disappointing uh, wheelchair-related news. We're going to have to talk about that. Some records are being broken, some good records and some bad records. And uh, I got to talk about Connor Bedard, and there was a 10-year deal signed. So we're going to have to talk about a 10-year deal. So, And, of course, we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames. So... Let's just start with the Calgary Flames. So they broke yet another record. Do you want to guess which one this one is? It's another bad one. They have lost 10 games this season out shooting opposing teams by 10 or more shots. So congratulations, Calgary, yet again, breaking another bad record. So not good. Uh, kind of reminds me when Carolina was doing that. They were shooting, they're out shooting their opponents all the time, but they were always losing. And everyone's like, what the heck? They're getting like 40, 50 shots a game, but they never win. It's because the quality of their shots were never all that good. And eventually they changed that and they started getting better quality. They became a better team overall. But I recall that beforehand, they just used to shoot them from the just wherever, just a lot of bad shots, but they get a whole bunch of them just making the fluffing up the numbers. But yeah, quality chances weren't a whole bunch. So I assume that's maybe what's going on with Calgary. They also have virtually no luck. Uh, their goal scorers, they kind of lack goal scorers, right? They don't have a lot of goal scorers on that team. And uh, if they are goal scorers, they're not getting as many goals as. Um, as expected, like Mangiapane, he, uh, yeah, definitely a career year last year, but, uh, which is a shame, I really like him, so, yeah, Calgary, I mean, their hopes for the playoff race is still, it's alive, but barely, the Winnipeg Jets are still, they're only four points ahead, they both have 72 games remaining, I think Seattle at this point, I feel pretty safe with them. Everyone else, I think the only team that can fall apart at this point is Winnipeg. And it looks like their tailspin is out. We talked about them last week. and oof, But they've had some pretty big wins, the Winnipeg Jets, over the last um, little while, while here. So thankfully they won over the Arizona Coyotes. Thankfully, uh, all to Connor Hellebuyuk right there. And then St. Louis whoops them 3-0. So that was a shame. That That's too bad. But uh, at least Connor Hellebuck is playing up to his standards. They beat Nashville. And upcoming, they got Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose, Detroit. So a lot of those are winnable. Uh, yeah, man. I think that's probably the only one that's still up in the air. I mean, I still believe in Calgary. I just, at this point, if they make the playoffs, then they might end up like saving Sutter's career and I don't know if I really want that guy as the coach for much longer I mean it looks like the team is over Daryl Sutter being their coach so it would be nice I mean I'm pretty over him but if they make it into the playoffs and, and they have a really good performance which I don't really think they can even if they squeak in there uh, I don't know man like Markstrom is still really shaky at times and yeah, I don't know. Goal scoring, they're already struggling so bad with goal scoring, and it's going to be even harder to score in the playoffs. But then I keep thinking of guys like Lucic on their team and that Daryl Sutter system. Will they be able to wear a team down really good in a seven-game series? But then I recall of last season when they got absolutely 
just shredded to pieces by the Edmonton Oilers. So, again, it's it's basically a, a game-to-game basis with the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. Every game right now is really important for them. Winnipeg has to keep winning, and if Calgary wants to keep the, the lights on, I guess, they're going to have to keep playing, and they're going to have to keep winning and relying on Markstrom, which... Oh boy, we'll have to wait and see with him, man. But uh, Flames breaking a lot of bad records this year. It's really been just a disappointment. Major disappointment overall. But uh, they beat Arizona, so... But the Flames, they have a kind of a similar... Similar? Similar schedule coming up. So they have... A few winnable games here. They got, I mean, Vegas coming up tomorrow on Thursday. That's going to be a very tough game because Vegas is on fire. San Jose, I mean, jeez, you got to win. That, that. That's a must win. LA is a massive game right there. Vancouver after that. That's, I mean, Vancouver's kind of been picking it up lately. Uh, get, they do this a lot, though. They get the they kind of pick up pace at the end of the season, giving the fans that false hope. We'll see if that's fake this time. But that is another huge game for the jet for the sorry the Flames. Anaheim must win. Chicago must win. But on a back to back, they got Chicago and then Winnipeg is the next game. So Wednesday, April fifth, that is going to be a massive game for both the Jets and the Flames. So. That is going to be the probably the deciding game for those teams right there. So that is going to be a huge game for them right there. Uh, their schedule is very similar, but I'm just uh, I like both teams though. This is really tough. I I like the Flames. That's like my second team, but my second second team is like the Jets. I like the Jets. I, I was super happy when they came back to the NHL. That was dope. But goddamn, it's going to be a battle, man, out of the West. But. The best team in the West, I think, right now, oh man, I mean, Colorado has just come alive. They can smell that playoff atmosphere coming back, and oh man, if, like, they're going to make the playoffs, I feel very confident about that, but man, once they get in there and they get that adrenaline running again, ooh, Colorado's going to be tough to stop, they're dangerous. Minnesota has been, they went on a 14-game point streak there, like, very quietly like barely anybody was talking about that that just recently ended and extremely impressive play I've been beyond impressed with Minnesota as an organization as a whole I mean what Bill Guerin has done as a GM there working uh through those buyouts I mean very impressive with Bill very impressed with Bill Guerin the team even though people have underperformed they've still managed to keep winning Gustafson was a massive pickup for them and I mean Marc-Andre Fleury's still getting it done fuck and oh we'll talk about a little bit of Marc-Andre Fleury a little bit later when we're talking about fighting but Right now, dude, like the Colorado's playing fantastic. Dallas is like the question mark. They like they started really hot. Robertson looked like he was going to keep pace with McDavid there for a hot second. That that fell off. He's still having a great season, but yeah, Dallas has kind of just been eh, for kind of the second half of the season. They've been up and down. Lots of overtime losses for for Dallas. How many overtime losses? Fourteen. I mean, oh my goodness, that's way too many, man. But. Yeah, Dallas right now, They I, even though they're first in the Central, I don't feel super-duper confident about them. I mean, they're definitely going to be a, a team that's going to be challenging in a seven-game series, but they don't scare me as much as Colorado and Minnesota right now. Vegas, even, they've been coming alive with the additions of Quick and what, Barbashev they added. I don't know, whatever guy they got from St. Louis. 
seems to be great additions for them. They've come alive. Jonathan Quick has been playing pretty darn good, and Vegas has been playing pretty darn good lately. So that is uh, that's not good for uh, the people in the West because yeah, when Vegas is playing Vegas hockey and they're hot, they are really tough to stop. So they're clicking. Edmonton. I mean, Connor McDavid is on a mission to destroy, and Leon Dreisaitl is right there with him. Ekholm has been a fantastic addition. So honestly, I'm very interested to see what's going on in the West here. I feel very strong about Colorado, though, man. Like, will they repeat? Uh, maybe. I mean, the East is so diddly darn strong. So I don't want to say that Colorado is going to have an easier <clears throat> path to uh, the Stanley Cup if they make it there. It's just that the competitive side on the East, I feel like it's just so much more aggressive. All the extra additions that they made in the trade de- deadline compared to the West. Yeah, I think the, the road to the Cup on the side of the East is going to be a bit tougher, but it doesn't mean that the West is going to be any easier. I mean, the teams I just talked about, they're all playing quite well right now. So, yeah, I'm curious to hear uh, what, what team do you think is going to come out of the West, man? Honestly... Fuck, that is a toss-up. I'm just going to probably chicken out here. I've been saying Los Angeles for a while here, but now that Jonathan Quick is gone, I feel like maybe now there's a bit of a kibosh or a voodoo over that team, so I'm going to chicken out. I think I'm just going to go with Colorado, but fuck, I don't know any of these teams. I don't hate any of these teams, honestly. Seattle's a lot of fun, but oh, that battle between Winnipeg and Calgary is going to be something. So, now that we talked about the West, let's let's talk a little bit about Quick because oh my goodness, this dude is on a revenge tour. We need to talk about Quick. So everybody wants to see Los Angeles play Vegas in the playoffs. That would be fantastic. There is a good there's a chance that they they will play each other. A, good, a pretty darn good chance, but Jonathan Quick, I I believe since he got there, he's 1 2 3 4 5 and 1 and he's been playing pretty solid. He has a shutout. I mean, he shut out Carolina, that was a fantastic performance. 33 save shutout. Come on now. And yes, he did get lit the fuck up by the Calgary Flames, but you know, it's he can't he's not a superhero anymore. Like he it's just impressive he's been putting up a lot of wins, pretty impressive numbers. I mean, he's putting up an average of about 3 goals per game in and around, but Still playing a lot better than he was in Los Angeles. It's definitely lit a fire under him, and maybe a fire that Los Angeles going is going to really regret starting. So, I want it very badly. I just want to see it. I don't care who wins, honestly, between them. I'm I'm fine with both teams. LA has a lot of young, exciting guys, and Vegas is Vegas. They're just that that quest to get that cup. It's they they're trying so hard, and oh, it's a good time. But I want to see that revenge tour. And now it almost seems like. That they kind of seems like they're a little in a way that Vegas is trying to fix the whole Mark Andre Fleury thing when they kind of threw him to the side and brought in Robin Leonard and stuff and they're like oh we'll save Jonathan Quick so like yeah is that okay now I don't know I don't think that really that doesn't fix what they did to Mark Andre Fleury but regardless Jonathan Quick on the revenge tour. Speaking of revenge tour, so I'm on a little bit of a a revenge tour against the Boston Bruins because I had a really bad hot take at the beginning of the year that I said the Bruins weren't going to make it into the playoffs because I thought, oh, you know, they're getting older. Marchant's coming off of the double hip surgery. David Krejci hasn't played in the NHL in a year. Is he going to be able to get it right back? Bergeron's another year older, blah, blah, blah. 
They shoved it up my hoop, and they're having one of the greatest seasons in NHL history. Okay, but anyway, they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, so I win. I win. There it is. Boston Bruins fans, take it. Take it. You guys lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, so that was dope. I really enjoyed hearing about that. Speaking of loving to hear about that, the um, Ovechkin has broke a record. He now has the most 40 goal seasons in NHL history, passing Wayne Gretzky. He now has 13 40 goal seasons in his career, and that is just freaking fantastic. Quite, he just put up another 40 goal season, so he just got 40 goals this season. I think that's just like unbelievable for his age. I mean, and the fact that he just everyone knows what he's going to do, Ovechkin. Even though the Capitals, yeah, it looks like they're they're pretty well and done. They're they're. I think they're throwing, they've thrown their hat full in to try and just tank for the rest of the season, which is unfortunate, but Ovechkin getting another 40-goal season, I mean, unfrickin' believable, man. And I feel, well, not 100% confident that he can do that next year. Depends on how many more assets or what they're going to do in the offseason with their blue line and everything. I don't know if they're going to, again, I feel like Washington is going to sacrifice uh, their future, and they're probably going to be a middling team where they're going to finish just outside of the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a few rough seasons here for the Capitals. But again, it's kind of the victory uh, lap for Ovechkin. He's just going to break that record. You got the cup with him. Yeah, it would have been nice if he won more cups. But yo, at least you got one. That's more than I can say for the Toronto Maple Leafs in my time watching them. So you got that. And you get to see if Ovechkin breaks, and I mean, not if, when he breaks the Gretzky record. That, I mean, is that not basically a Stanley Cup win? I mean, no, not really. But it's a pretty damn good win right there, beating a, a record that nobody thought was going to be broken. So as long as Ovechkin stays healthy and... I feel like, I mean, the dude is a machine. So, Ovechkin, congratulations on breaking one of the Gretzky records. We're waiting for you to break the next one, the big one. The most goals scored in the NHL. I think it's only a matter of time. A couple more seasons for sure. And uh, just hoping that Washington, I just don't think they're going to do that. Go into a full rebuild thing until Ovechkin does the thing. Because they owe it to him, man. Like, come on. Ovechkin has saved the Capitals from obscurity. Not really obscurity, that's too much, but he definitely put them on the map more so than they've ever been, and that's pretty well undeniable right there. So, goddamn. Speaking of undeniable and other records being broken, frickin' Sasha Barkov has broken the Florida Panthers all-time scoring leader. So, Alexander Barkov, goddamn, he passed Jonathan Huberto. Oh, that one, I also I giggled when I heard that. I was like, oh, who did he pass? And I was like, oh, it was Jonathan Huberto. I was like, oh, that kind of, oh, that sucks. But, man, Barkov is unbelievable. He's, yeah, he's going to go down as the, at least the great, greatest Panther in my time frame. I, I, who knows, unless they get Bedard somehow. But Barkov is a phenomenal player, man. Like, even though he's kind of like, I wouldn't definitely didn't wouldn't say fallen off, but he's taken a little bit of a step back with the injuries and not having Huberto anymore. But he'll get it going with with Chuck and stuff. But goddamn, Barkov is so freaking good. So congratulations to Barkov. And just another note here for the Florida Panthers: they demolished the freaking the the Habs there. I saw. I had to do like a triple check there. I was the first period and the score was already what 7 to 1 or something for Florida. They scored 7 goals in one period. Is that like that has to be a freaking record or some shit. Like that shit is bananas.
Speaking of that shit is freaking bananas. Has anyone heard of this? This there's this weird this freaking kid. I I keep hearing his name. I don't know if anyone's heard about him, but this Connor Bedard guy. I don't know if anyone's heard about him. Let me know. But apparently he is just lighting it up in the NH in the WHL, not the NHL. I would have heard about him, but the WHL. Okay, so there's this this league and this kid is playing. Apparently in he's breaking some records down there. He is uh, drawing some eyes. So you may have heard about him. I don't know. But in 55 games down there this season, you you want to take a little guess there at how many goals you think he's had? 10? No, no, come on. Figure it out. 30? No, forget about it. Forget about it. Double it. No, not even double it. More than double it. We're looking at fucking 70 goals in 55 games and 72 assists, 142 points. That is first across the board. That is first in goals, first in assists, first in points. Kind of, I mean, who? I, Jesus. But, wow, this guy is putting up two and a half points per game. He's got 11 game-winning goals, 45 power play points, five shorthanded goals, 350 shots. He's a plus 42, 62 penalty minutes, and he's even a 53% on face-offs. That's not bad. And they're just about to finish the WHL season, so... Goddamn, dude. I It's going to be so much fun for the draft lottery. It's coming up pretty soon, and my goodness, man. I am. I think everybody... I don't know if anyone... Does anyone even care who wins the Stanley Cup at this point? As I think almost everyone's more interested in who's going to win the draft lottery because San Jose is officially at the bottom of the league right now. Uh, well, actually, in the West anyway, and Columbus is down there at the bottom of the bottom of the league, and I don't think... I don't know if anyone really had that one coming. I mean, Columbus, I didn't think they were going to do good, but with the additions of Johnny Goudreau and maybe their rookies were going to take a step and make a splash in the NHL just really nothing happened Merz Lickens had a really 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 rough year and all the injuries their defense was terrible and wow so Columbus at this point of the season still uh with about 12 games remaining for most of the people in the league they got the best odds I think the best odds you get is 25% which I mean fuck a one in four chance at Connor Bedard oh my goodness but honestly like I would like any team to get him but for the sake of, like, honestly, I don't think Chicago, you don't, like, even though they, they, like, planned this, this from the beginning that they were going to be a terrible team, like, San Jose could really use a superstar like Connor Bedard. They never had anyone uh, drafted of that caliber. I mean, Patrick Marlowe was a phenomenal player, but was he ever, like, a, he's no Connor Bedard, excuse me. Chicago's had Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. No, they're not Connor Bedard, but you got three Stanley Cups there. So I don't really want to see Chicago get Connor Bedard. Anaheim would be pretty nice. Like, yes, they've had their Stanley Cup, but mostly because of that. Just, God, they were so disgustingly cruel back then when they won that cup. Such a mean team to play. Niedemeyer and Chris Pronger, Getzlav Perry. Like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, Vancouver, honestly, that would be the the nicest story because that's the hometown boy story. That's just, mm, that would feel so good. But I'd be a little bit nervous for Connor Bedard. But, fuck, that would be sweet. Arizona, I mean... The only reason why I wouldn't want Arizona to win him is because he's only playing in a 5,000-seat arena, and that's not fair. So for 42 games of his first few years of the season, or whenever the hell they get out of that arena, I think they still have at least two, possibly three, maybe even four years left in that building, and that's just not fair to the NHL or Connor Bedard if he would have to play in that arena for half of the year. And yeah, they would sell out the arena really easily, but I think if Arizona was in a 
a proper arena that had 17,000. If they drafted Connor Bedard, I think you would start seeing some sellouts there in Arizona. So if they had the proper arena, I would be, I would probably have Arizona number one. It would be great to see Connor Bedard go there because that would put Arizona on the map at least for what the first seven years that he's going to be stuck there. So that would be really nice for the NHL and Connor Bedard. So at this point, I don't want Arizona to win him, but, and they almost seem like they don't want to win him because they've been playing pretty okay lately. I mean, the ridiculousness of Clayton Keller and Schmaltz and whatever that top line is, I think Lawson Krause might be on that top line. So so underrated. Clayton Keller is a fantastic player, man. He is really, really good. And then in terms, I don't know, on the East, Montreal, I mean, for, come on now. Like, yeah, it'd be really wicked, and they'd be a super-duper fun team to watch the next year with if they got Connor Bedard and Slavkowski and Caulfield and Suzuki. Oh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So I'm not against it. Again, Columbus, they, they really could use a player like Connor Bedard. That would be, I mean, oh, there you go. There's your first line center. There's your guy with Johnny Goudreau, and he would have Patrick Laine there on its wings. So... That would be wicked. Philadelphia, I mean, uh, just uh, Philadelphia. I'm not like, I don't hate Philadelphia. I kind of do, though. I'm not, I haven't really let go of 2004 when y'all beat us with that Robert Esch and Keith Primo, fucking Roenick, and oh my god. Hated that shit. I think Hartnell, I don't know if Hartnell was there at that time, but he was a flyer. So yeah, I don't think I'm cool with the flyers. Detroit, I mean, it'd be kind of a sweet vengeance or sweet victory for Detroit because of how many times they've been in that draft lottery and they never, ever win it. They usually get, what, the fifth or sixth pick all the time. They're so often they get that pick, but they do quite well with that pick, honestly. But it'd be a little bit nice to see Detroit get a first overall pick. But again, not really a team that needs it that much. They're an original six team. They have a strong fan base and more than likely going to have a... They were close to making the playoffs this year until just recently, but a much better, much improved season over last year for Detroit. So if they got Connor Bedard, that would for sure give them a really good chance of making the playoffs next year. But I don't know. They're pretty far up there. So chances of Detroit, they're, they they could win the, the lottery. But yeah, I don't think Detroit, Buffalo really doesn't need another first overall pick. Yeah, they could use Bedard. That would be amazing. But honestly, I think... Like, San Jose, that would be kind of wicked. Vancouver, that would be really wicked. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious. What do you guys think about this uh, weird Connor Bedard kid? I don't know why I keep calling him weird. He's not weird. He's just he's just Connor Bedard. He's just really good at hockey. But where do you think he should land? Where do you think would be the best for the NHL and Connor Bedard for him to land? I mean, my argument stands with Arizona. I would love it for Arizona. I just don't think it would be that good for him or the league because of the arena. It's the arena's fault, and, and whoever didn't pay for for the arena and all that junk, but Connor Bedard, man, I am fucking getting, I'm getting antsy already to see this guy in the NHL next year and almost as antsy to see what fucking jersey he's going to be putting on at the draft. It's going to be, and I think all the other teams down there waiting uh, for the draft lottery, they they can't freaking wait either. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Where does Connor Bedard land and how many points do you think Connor Bedard is going to put up next year? I heard that there, I don't know how they they figure this out but they thought that if Connor Bedard played in the NHL this year he would put up somewhere like 30 goals and maybe like 40 50 assists so like in and around maybe a point a game player so yeah I think I can see that 
Connor McDavid was on, I, th- I believe, at least a point a game pace. I don't think he was up at the 100 point pace just yet when he first got into the NHL, but we all remember his first NHL season got ruined by the shoulder injury that took him out for the remainder of that season. So that was a shame, but it is what it is. I believe that's the year that Panarin won the, the Calder, but anyway, we're moving on from that, but fuck, I could see him easily putting, I could see him being a point a game player, but it mostly comes down to what team he falls onto. Like if he goes to Columbus, he's already, he's got his wingers right there and Patrick Laine and Goudreau. So that's nice. If he falls to Vancouver, I mean, you, you would have a really nice one, two punch there with, uh, Bedard and Pedersen, or you can do, you could put JT Miller back on the wing. You could put him on the center. So I think, yeah, I don't think, I think Connor Bedard's going to fit in pretty darn good wherever he lands. I could see him getting at least 80 points in his first season next year. I could see 30 goals in and around like maybe 25, 30 goals and 50 plus assists, something like that. Maybe I have no idea. I think I'm underrating this guy's shot because his shot is stupid apparently. So we're seeing what McDavid can do with his shot now that he's like actually focused on it. So we'll see what uh, Connor Bedard's going to do, but we're still, we still got to wait, got to wait so much longer. Oh my goodness. going to be forever. Oh, Okay, so let's talk about, um, so Jared Bednar, the Colorado, I, I just didn't have a fucking transition, okay? I, I can't tris- transition properly and great, nice and schmoove every freaking time, all right? Anyway, Bedar, or Bednar signs a three-year extension for the Colorado Avalanche. He's the coach, if you didn't know, so I think that's pretty well-deserved. He's going to be fairly safe, I would say, for those three years, Uh he brought them back from uh, this was a really fucking tough season for the Colorado Avalanche man and Bednar got them through it all the injuries and next guy up mentality and just I, I they've never had a full lineup because Landis Cog missed the entire season so they just never had they've been down their captain the entire year so for me if I I just imagine you know for me a Leaf fan if we lost John Tavares for the entire season that's a pretty big fucking blow, and I think Landeskog is right there on equal playing field with John Tavares. Yeah, John Tavares might put up some more points, but Landeskog brings some other elements to his game that John doesn't. Regardless, they're both captains of their team. They're very important, so I wouldn't want to lose my captain for the entire season. We saw what happened when the Leafs lost John Tavares for one playoff series. They choked against the Habs, so... Yeah, I think John Tavares is more important than some people give him credit for. So uh, good for Jared Bednar. Well-deserved extension right there for him. And speaking of extensions, we've got a really weird one uh, that just came out the other day that the NHL has signed a 10-year extension or a 10-year deal with Fanatics. They make the the jerseys right now along with Adidas. So Adidas makes the kind of higher quality jerseys and then Fanatics makes the a lower quality Jersey, it's a little bit more of a um, easier to wear. You can wear this a little bit more comfortably out and about and stuff like that. That's kind of their their philosophy, I guess, when you buy them. So I act, I own Adidas jerseys and I own Fanatics jerseys. I own both, and honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the Fanatic. I bought a Toronto Maple Leaf Fanatic for just a one from this season, the current jersey they have with Morgan Riley on the back. Mm, my boy, my boo. And, um, yeah, compared to the Adidas, it's like, uh, it's just non-comparable. I mean, the Adidas is just by far and away the better quality jersey. The thing about the Fanatic is, like, yes, it's kind of nicer to wear. It's comfy. 
it's fine like that it's a bit more stretchy and all that but and it's way easier to wash it's doesn't have as many rules and regulations and and do's and don'ts with washing that's that's nice and everything but like i bought a medium adidas and i bought a medium uh fanatic and the adidas just wears way better it's longer it just fits me better in lengthwise and i'm not like a really i don't have a long torso or anything and i just found the fanatic one was like multiple inches shorter and it just doesn't look as nice when it hangs up on my wall compared to the adidas one the adidas just looks more full it's a longer it just looks better it's just it's just a better jersey it's better quality it's got the fight strap and everything and the only other fanatic that i have is i bought the whatever the justin bieber reverse fucking yellow jersey thing the only reason why i bought it in fanatic is because i didn't want the fight strap on it because if i ever decided i was going to reverse it and wear the yellow i didn't want the fight strap dangling out the back so that's the only reason why i bought a fanatic personally after i bought the morgan riley one i was like okay i'm never gonna buy a fanatic one again because I just much prefer the quality and the look of the Adidas one. So I personally am a little bit sad and disappointed to hear that Fnatic is going to be the the provider for the NHL for the next 10 fucking years. So I joked with my wife earlier. I'm like, hey, guess what? She's like, what? I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be buying an NHL jersey for the next 10 years. <laughs> it's like, because Fnatic is going to be taking over. So yeah, so if you're interested in Adidas jerseys, you might want to try and buy them up while you can. So you might just keep an eye out on the adidas ones they may i don't know if that means they're going to go up in price or down in price because they're they're i don't know how that's going to work business wise but anyway i imagine people are going to start grabbing them up so if you want to get a freaking jersey from your favorite team in an adidas style now would probably be the time to start looking into that because i think they have one more year not until 2024 this contract starts so yeah man i have uh I don't think my hat there. I think actually, no, I do that flame. My flames hat that I do have is a fanatic. It's fine. Like the hats are fine. I just think hats in general are just ridiculously overpriced. Like why do they want $50 for a hat? I refuse to pay that much money for a hat. I get a lot of them cheap on clearance. Usually if I'll just, I get, I got a lot of them for nine 99. If you just get them on clearance on the NHL website, if you just wait, Usually if you wait, the best time to get one is uh, off-season. Once your team gets eliminated, wait like a week or two, and usually a lot of the stuff is going to go on sale. The best deal I ever got, I got a St. Patrick's or a Spats, uh, Austin Matthews, Authentic, Reebok. No, not Reebok, sorry, uh, Adidas. This was a regular $299 jersey. I got it for $25 because it was the last one that they had. I saw it originally, it was $50, and I guess they just really wanted to sell it. I got it for $25. So sometimes patience pays off. You just keep your eye out on the websites every now and again, nhl.ca, nhlshop.ca. They have some good deals sometimes in the clearance section anyway. But yeah, I don't know what that's, what's going to happen with Fnatic. They're, I heard they're, they said they're going to get creative with some of the designs. We may see some redesigns for some teams, so that could be fun, but... I hope they offer up a higher quality uh, style for their Fnatic jersey and not the like really easy to wear, kind of like one you would buy for like, I don't know, a kid or something that is easy to clean. It doesn't like, I don't know, but I would really like, cause the, what is it? The Adidas ones, they're, I don't know, average, like 199 or something like that, I think. And the, um, the Fnatic is $50 cheaper. So there's a good argument there. Like I like 
that they have both options available right now. That's wicked. Because if someone, like, sometimes people don't want to pay that much money for a jersey. Completely understandable. They're outrageously overpriced. Totally understand not wanting to pay that much money for a jersey. So a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm okay with paying $50 less to get a slightly lesser quality jersey. But some people, you know, people like me or other people like the hockey guy, they like a better, higher quality jersey. So... I mean, I hope that they're going to do that. Apparently, it's all going to get made out of the same factory that Adidas is already using. So that could be okay. So we'll just have to wait and see once they start unveiling some of the jerseys and what they look like. But yeah, I'm going to be very much so glued to the hockey guy. He is a jersey fanatic. If you're not familiar with him, he has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jerseys. Uh, he has an amazing collection of jerseys, and if you're ever interested in him, he has like playlists. I think every other year he does a countdown where he goes through all of his jerseys, all the all the main ones anyway. He has a whole bunch of like extra fun jerseys that aren't even he doesn't even count. So he's probably got well over like thousand jerseys. But yeah, he'll go through a countdown of his all of his jerseys in his favorite order, and it's like unbelievable. I oh so good. Anyway, so. Speaking of um, so good, can I do something with that? Can I do something with that? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's let's go with uh, speaking of so good, uh, Mitchell Marner or Mitch Marner, if some people call him. This dude has been on a fucking different level since the All Star Game, man. Like, wow, his passing has been globetrotter level of just. It's been stupid fun to watch. I mean. Uh, Personally, I'm not the biggest Marner fan of his like his personality and stuff, but playing-wise, he is a treat to watch. And arguably, he may be the best passer in the NHL right now. I still put Kucherov up there. Kucherov again. He, that every time I see that guy make a make a pass, it blows my freaking mind. Like, oh my goodness! I saw a highlight pass for Brad Marchand the other night. He made a really nice saucer pass. It was gorgeous, but it only went through like four pairs of legs. I mean, when Kucherov does it, it's like eight pairs of legs and it just perfect sauce on the tape. All you got to do is tap it in. It's in there and like, oh God, Kucherov's so nasty, but I don't know. I have a little bit of like, I don't like to gloat about the Leaf guys too much because I don't know. I'm not really used to having like the best guys in the league on the Leafs. Like, Sundin was really freaking good, but was he, like, maybe at times he was a top 10 player? Not really when I was watching. Like, 2004 onward was kind of like, he was, his best years were kind of behind him at that point. He's still a really good player, but... Yeah, sadly, I kind of missed his prime amazing years. But even when he was there, that was the dead puck era. So he wasn't putting up outstanding numbers. But yeah, I'm just a little gun shy because I'm not used to this level of talent on my Toronto Maple Leafs team, even though Matthews and Marner and Nylander have been there for a while now. But um, freaking Marner, man. Wow, he's on a different level. And um, even though the Leafs haven't been playing fantastic lately, I mean, that ass whooping last night from the Islanders was just not cool. Like, that was not good. That's the first time that they led in seven goals this season. Steve Dangle blew 11 gaskets about it last night. And honestly, it's it's a little overblown. But um, yeah, no, it is definitely concerning. There's some concerns with the team right now. Not Marner and his ridiculous passing. Even Matthews has been playing very good lately. The one guy that apparently isn't playing up the standards right now, according to Sheldon Keefe, is William Nylander. So he's called him out in the media saying that, oh, he doesn't have the speed or the intensity that he had at the beginning of the season, and he's passing the puck away, that he doesn't really want to hold on to the biscuit. He wants to give it off.
off as fast as possible. I don't want nothing to do with it. And I don't know, man. I think there's I I think Willie is a really smart guy. I think he's a he's got a really good, smart hockey mind. He grew up. His dad is an NHL player, so I think maybe maybe at this point he might be a little bit gun shy. Honestly, he I think he just doesn't want to get hurt, man. Like. He, it, we're so close to the playoffs now. We're only a, a handful, a dozen games away from the playoffs. And I think Willie is maybe doing a little bit of his own load management. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm defending Willie for sure right here. But yeah, I, I won't deny that his play has been a little bit less uh, than it has been at the beginning of the season. But I'm going to go with that argument, man. Like, I understand. Like, I... It, Sheldon Keefe is doing his job, man. Like, if the stars are not performing up to his standards, you got to call them out. I'm, I'm behind that. I'm not mad at Sheldon Keefe for calling him out, man. Like, that's good. The only, the thing that I'm not super cool with Sheldon Keefe with right now is his constant, constant blenderization of the lines on this team right now. Like, I get it at first, but at this point, it's just, get, it's getting a little bit stupid. Like. I understood it at first because you get all these new guys. You got to work them in there at some point. You got to see what chemistry you can find. But I think at this point, Sheldon is just getting way too, like, trigger happy with his movements. He won't freaking leave it alone for a second to let it let it form and see if there is like you can't build chemistry in like three shifts and you're like up oh, switch it all up i'll switch it all up kerfoot on the top line yarn croak on the top line with kerfoot with matthews you're like oh my god when you see something like that you're just like what is happening do you see the talent that is on this team but i like i don't know man like i don't hate it but I, i'm getting a little bit annoyed of it right now maybe i understand other people are much more annoyed I know my buddy Cal is really just like annoyed with how much Sheldon Keefe is shaking up the lines and it's understandable, but it'd be really, it's hard because you don't have Ryan O'Reilly in there and he's a really important piece for the playoff run and we're not able to work him in there. They've been trying like Willie on the third line and I understand it, man. You got to see what you got right there. But at this point, I think you got to start fucking making a decision and figure out what you have and make a decision so that these guys can figure out how to play with each other so Sheldon's gonna make a decision at some point I don't like the fact that they've still been doing the 11-7 with the forwards and defense my apologies for hitting the microphone I just don't again the same thing that I said last week I just don't think it's enough time to give a defenseman enough feel they should be sitting Giordano and they may have I won't lie I didn't get to watch all the hockey games this week I was doing training so I just didn't get to do uh, watch a lot of the hockey I watched the highlights thankfully I didn't have to watch the game last night <laughs> when I saw that it was at first I saw I was watching a little bit of it on my break and it was one nothing Leafs I was like oh cool Leafs are winning like 20 minutes later goes by someone tells me it's 3-1 I'm like oh wow Leafs are winning like no Islanders 3-1 I'm like oh rut row and then I came in on my lunch and I watched the I think the Islanders score like two or three more in the third yeah when the Leafs fell apart and fucking Cal Clutterbuck with two goals and an apple like get the fuck out of here but at least Engvall didn't get like a hat trick so that was refreshing and apparently Engvall was like invisible out there so I mean I liked him as a Leaf but he didn't like tickle my pickle in a way that like someone like extremely good would like I already like Nolachari more than I ever liked Pierre Engvall so if that's saying a lot I've said it so that's that's what we're going with but yeah, man, Willie getting called out by Sheldon Keefe. I think at this point, someone's got to call Sheldon Keefe out. Rather, someone on the team or maybe a fucking assistant coach or, or Kyle Dubas be like, yo, man, like, can you fucking stick with something so 
we we know what we're doing here because he's mixing it up so much but there is still a dozen games left apparently ryan o'reilly is doing pretty darn good so he may be back a little bit sooner than than expected which would be amazing that would be awesome and I mean, uh, I was going to say Brian McCabe, but uh, Jake McCabe, he's been playing pretty decently, man. Like, I think people are already kind of giving him a hard time, but I think he's been pretty dar- pretty good, pretty solid. And yeah, sadly, Justin Hall is still playing a little bit too much. It was nice to see Luke Shen getting in there. I didn't get to see a lot of it, but I watched him. I saw him throw a big hit, and I was like, that's my fucking boy right there. So I'm scrumming it up in one of the, one of the scrums, and I was like, yeah, that's what's up right there. So... Yeah, man, I mean, people are getting down on the Leafs right now because, I mean, they're they're losing a little bit. There's definitely a lot of talk about, oh, did they shake it up too much? And, I mean, maybe, but at, at a point, like, it's they're going to write the path at some point. Nolachari's fit in really well. I really like that addition right there very much. And I think the loss of Ryan O'Reilly has been bothering them because, like, I feel like they had a, a, a lot of things <laughs> planned for him to do. So, yeah, it's it's going to be nice when he comes back. That would be fantastic. And want him to figure out, like, I, I do understand with the, with the defense thing because we've seen time and time again with uh, the playoffs how important defensemen are and how many of them end up getting hurt in the playoffs because you're blocking so many shots, you're throwing so many more hits. You're, you're just taking more damage in the playoffs than you do in the regular season. And defensemen are taking the brunt of that damage. Lots of battles in front and just oh, so many block shots, man. So many brutal block shots and fighting and you know what I'm saying? So defensemen go down on the regular. They're battling injuries. So Sheldon Keefe, I think, did the smart thing, even though not every defenseman is what maybe everyone wanted. Like Gustafson, we still kind of like, what are you doing with Gustafson? But I don't know, man. I like it's better to have too many defensemen than to have zero defensemen i mean yes we all saw the pittsburgh penguins do it when they had where they were down to like fucking two defensemen basically and the rest of them were all minor league defensemen they still won a cup but you know the crosby and malkin and matt murray was insane but still it's always good to have a backup plan so if defensemen go down we got a whole bunch of defensemen that can come up and play for us so the big thing is they got to figure out what's going on with the top six like are you putting Kerfoot up there? Is that what you're going with? Are you serious? Like Kerfoot is not a top six guy, man. I think his best spot was the was the fourth line. I think he's fine down there where he can I don't know, Steve Dangles just says it best, man. He can kind of just go out there and do nothing and nothing really happens. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just like, okay, it'd be nice to throw someone out there like we just want to hold on or you just want to give Matthews, Marner, Nylander, all those guys a break for a second. It's like throw out Kerfoot. Most of the time, nothing bad happens. And yeah, most of the time, nothing good happens, but nothing bad happens. So that's something. So he has that going for him. But I mean, Yarn Croak, uh, consistently, my friend uh, Billy always gives me shit every time Yarn Croak scores a goal, basically, because I said at the beginning of the year that I had nothing against the player. It was the contract and not even the years. It was just the, the four years. I was like, why are we doing him for four years? I just found that weird. But I felt like he was going to, I felt like he was going to score more goals than he ever did. But 
he's scored even more so far than I thought he was going to. And I, I was giving him some credit. I was like, oh, maybe he can do like 18 goals, but he could, who knows, maybe he hits 25 or something crazy like that. But 20, yes, that is fantastic. So I think that's exactly what the Leafs were hoping for when they signed him. And I don't know, man, there's still, what, three more years on that deal. So maybe on year three and four, I'll be the one joking at my buddy when he's scoring like one goal. So, uh. but Man, so what are they doing with Matthew Nyes? Like, we are—is it are they going to sign him? Or are we going to see Matthew Nyes play in a Leaf uniform this season before the playoffs? Because I really want him. I want to see what's going on with him. No, I don't think he's. I'm not. I don't think he's going to be the 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 what do you call it? The solution to the problem of the top six, where he's going to go right in there and just dominate. I don't think that's necessarily the player that he's going to be. But I think on a Stanley Cup team, he would be something that if you can put him into the fourth line, third line, and he could be a really effective, just a bug down there, something, someone fast that can hit everything. And yeah, he could be a problem in a bottom six role for a playoff run. So I would really like to see Matthew Nyes. I don't, I don't, haven't heard anything about them signing him just yet, but I believe he could still be in his NCAA playoff thing, but that's got to be coming up soon. So I want to see him very soon. And in terms of the the games that the Leafs played over the last week, uh, that shootout lost to Colorado. That was a pretty solid game. I got to watch most of that. Uh, Toronto and Carolina, Leafs won that game five to two. That's pretty solid. But the one the game of the week for, even though it was like not, it was a little bit annoying. But the the Toronto Ottawa game, that five to four win in a shootout that game was banana and every time man those pesky senators they always make every game super interesting against the Leafs and that was a hell of a fun game man I really enjoyed that one and of course you know the Leafs got blown the fuck out last night against the Islanders so but I kind of predicted that I was talking to a guy at work and he was like when it was one nothing Leafs and I was like well you know you can't count out the Islanders because they're fighting for their playoff lives right now so um, they're they're going to be playing some desperate hockey where maybe the Leafs don't have that that motivation at this moment that some of the other teams will have because the Leafs have been pretty well set in stone. They're in the playoffs playing Tampa Bay, so their minds might be on some other things right now that isn't Islander related, but that's just that's just I don't know I'm not in the fucking locker room but there's a couple other things so I think that's it for Leaf Talk uh, for right now let's just uh, take a quick peek at their upcoming schedule just so if there's any like really wicked games coming up here so they got Florida tomorrow night Uh, it's a big game for Florida they really need that one Carolina on Saturday it's always a fun game against Carolina some most of the time I really like Leafs been playing quite well against Carolina for the most part and then Sunday they got the back-to-back against Nashville and then Florida again on Wednesday so that's going to be interesting I'd say all of those are winnable games Carolina and Nashville more than likely going to be a loss in there at some point but it'd be nice to see on that back-to-back you know maybe maybe sit down Giordano for a game and then let some other guys play so that would be nice. Interesting schedule. What do you guys think? The Leafs going to win all those games? None of those games? Ryan O'Reilly coming back? What's up? What's up with all that? And speaking of what's up with all that, bro. Okay, so you've probably heard this already, but the Carson Briere situation, uh, Daniel Briere's son, the newly appointed uh, interim GM for the Philadelphia Flyers. I got that right, didn't I? I hope so. But uh, Carson Briere, a video going around, I I believe it went viral, but of him and some buddies pushing pushing down uh, a female's wheelchair down some stairs at a bar and... Uh, I can't add much more to that. That has already been sent on all the other hockey podcasts other than that's disgusting. That's just, 
come on now, man. Like, just just really shameful. Just, just there's really no excuse, and it's it's just the timing of I like I in a way I feel bad for Danny Breer because like he's been known to be a pretty good guy, and he just got his chance to be a GM finally in the NHL, and then within a week of getting the job, this kind of shit happens, falls onto his lap. He's got to apologize for his son before the son even apologizes for it. So it's just really fucking horrible timing. Never a good time. No, there's never a good timing to throw fucking wheelchair down the goddamn steps, but don't do that, okay? Freaking morons. Those, like, Steve Dangle, if, if you want someone to break it down uh, the best way, Steve Dangle, they have, he has, like, he's not in a wheelchair, but his sister um, grew up with ALS, I believe. I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but he understands how important wheelchairs or any of those devices are for people. So, yeah, go listen to what he says because it was really well said. And, yeah, don't throw wheelchairs down steps. Those are extremely important pieces of equipment for people. So don't do that. And speaking of don't do that, uh, fighting in the QMH, QMJHL apparently is is going to be taken away. They're not going to be fighting anymore in that league. So that is interesting. I just heard about that not just earlier today, just like an hour ago. I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And on the topic of fighting, they had a potential goalie fight. So Jordan Bennington and Marc-Andre Fleury were going to go at it, bro. They're going to fucking UFC in the middle of the, of the arena and it was going to be amazing. Everyone wanted to see that. Who doesn't want to see Jordan Bennington finally get his ass kicked? An ass that deserves a kick in as much as Marshawn, as much as anyone in the league is Jordan Bennington. And we're finally going to get it from the NHL saint, the NHL fucking one of the most beloved NHL players in the league in Marc-Andre flurry and the referees took that away from us are you banana i hate the referees man like i know it's not an easy job and all that stuff but you guys make it so easy to hate you like i'll never forgive them for taking away the fight between dion Phaneuf and jerome aginla when they're both captains of their teams jerome captain of the flames dion captain of the leafs they were gonna have the greatest fight of all time and the referees were like nah me it's all about us the referees so they do it again they they prevent one of the probably would have been the most entertaining goalie fight of all time the crowd would have just lost it and apparently Marc Andre Fleury was mic'd up during that moment and it was just timeless so if you haven't heard it just go and look it up Marc Andre Fleury mic'd up there'll probably be a hundred clips but specifically the Jordan Bennington thing unbelievable man so I so I guess it's that time of year again where we have to talk about fighting and I still am on the side of like you got to keep it in the in the league man because the the self uh law thing of the like you got to they have to kind of protect themselves a little bit when the referees are being babies and doing things that uh aren't really protecting players and uh like I think about the Leafs and the Winnipeg uh, I don't remember if that was last year or two years ago where like the game just got out of hand and all, and like they just they could have kept it under control but it's just not good so the self-sheriffing nature of the NHL I think is really important and you need to have the fighting in the game or you're going to have really ugly incident, incidents where someone is swinging their stick because they're really angry and I don't think fighting is ever going to leave the NHL but yeah like I was even talking to um, a young fellow that was at work the other day and 
he was going on about and he wasn't even like a big nhl fan he's like man they never fight in the nhl anymore eh? i'm like yeah man like it's it's pretty like it still happens like i won't ever say that it's not there it's there if you look for it it's definitely not the way that it was in the 70s and 80s and stuff but you know the world changes and and all that and the and the game has changed so much since then but uh, there's always going to be fighting in the nhl there just has to be and if Oh my goodness, if they ever take it away, it's going to be ugly, man. Like, there's going to be some really ugly things happening, I think, in that league. And you need the fighting to let the players get it out sometimes. And it's, um, even though it's weird, it's kind of a healthy thing for the NHL. Because, mostly because of just how bad the refing is and all that. That's why the players get so angry. But it is what it is. So we were deprived of a phenomenal Marc-Andre Fleury versus Jordan Bennington fight. And I... I, I weep for everybody in the in the league. So I think that is going to be everything for me this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast where I talk about wrestling, hockey, and video games three times a week on this podcast. So if you're interested in all that stuff, stick around and hang out with me. If you want to watch me play video games, you can check me out on YouTube where I'm playing uh, uh, Detroit Become Human right now. And I play a whole bunch of other games just right now. I'm playing that game. So Follow the link down below, GamerGX Videos, and that is the YouTube channel I play. Uh, I think I want to do a Resident Evil here soon coming up, so I'm debating on between Resident Evil 1 Remake or Resident Evil 8, and no, sorry, I don't have the new Resident Evil 4 just yet, So, um, and I, I, I want to play uh, 1 and 8 before I do 4 again, because I don't know, I just want to, so... Uh, if that is interesting to you, you can hit me up with an email. You can follow me on Twitter. If you have any questions related to video games, hockey, or wrestling, you can send a message and uh, send in a question, and I can read it on the podcast, and you can be part of the show, and it'd be fun and fantastic. And, yeah, that is everything. So, sadly, it is we're not at the weekend just yet, everybody, but you are getting there. You're getting ever so close. So, hopefully, this podcast helped the monotony of whatever you're doing right now, whether you're working or working out or something like that. Hopefully this podcast helped you out a little bit, get through that and forget about it. And yeah, we'll be back again on the weekend with the Wrestling Recap Show. And on Monday, we'll be back yet again with the GamerCast. But if you want a GamerCast right now, you can go back and listen to any of the previous 30-plus GX GamerCast that I've done on a whole bunch of random games spanning from old retro games to brand new games. So just go back there and take a look. They're uh, they're fun. The most recent one I did was Neon White, a really, really fun indie game that came out last year that just caught my eye and really never let go until I had to buy it and play it, and now I had to talk about it. So if you're interested in a really fun, affordable video game, go check out my uh, episode on Neon White. I think it's one of the it's one of the funnest games I've played so far this year, that's for sure. So if you're interested, go give it a listen, and we will be back on the weekend. So thank you everybody so much for listening. And as always, go Leafs, go. And the Flames, you're in trouble. You got you pick it up, god dang it.